Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 17th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And a very, very happy All-Star break to everyone as, as the NBA is officially on its hiatus for the weekend as they head over to New Orleans for the big party uh, that goes on every year there we'll have a I'll have a complete preview or at least discuss a little bit the upcoming slam dunk contest. Uh, Aaron Gordon, the only player representing the Orlando Magic in this year's All Star Weekend festivities, but uh, we were pretty certain he's going to do something pretty special. It it, it sounds like uh, the buzz about Aaron Gordon is pretty high heading into this uh, into this uh, All Star Weekend. Also, talk a little bit more about Terrence Ross, as I said on yesterday's episode, which you can go back and listen to on our archives on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you can download your podcast. Um, I talk, I'll play some sound from Terrence Ross. He spoke after the game on Wednesday and talk a little bit about what he brings to the team as the Magic are. Still, you know, still got a week to go before we see him actually don a Magic uniform and play, but a lot of excitement about what he can bring to this team. And also I'll preview a little bit uh, more about him and what the expectations might be for him playing this year. And then uh, I joined... Uh, Tuck and O'Neill on Sports Talk Florida 1080 in Orlando, so I'll play that radio segment. We touched on a whole bunch of things, including uh, a little bit more about the Serge Ibaka trade, the Terrence Ross deal, as well as uh, what to expect from the trade deadline and where the Magic move from here. But let's start with the news of the day, and that is Aaron Gordon is off to New Orleans to participate in the Slam Dunk Contest. We were, of course, all remembers pretty much the highlight of the year last year. Uh, when Aaron Gordon should have won and was robbed from winning the slam dunk contest last year. Last last year's slam dunk, I mean, not that Zach Levine didn't deserve to win, but Aaron Gordon put on a show and it, and it gave him a big boost of confidence for the rest of the season, uh, clearly, uh, and really put a name for himself. I mean, I always kind of, I mean, I still joke. I, st- I put out the hashtag during every game, hashtag one Aaron Gordon highlight per game. And, and, and roughly we get about one Aaron Gordon highlight per game still this season, despite whatever struggles he's had playing the three. Aaron Gordon's going to have a hard time topping himself. I mean, I still think, I saw some, I saw the highlights again, and and that sit-down dunk where he put the ball between both his legs and his legs are, are parallel to the floor, simply incredible. Uh, the, the dunk, even the dunk where stuff was spinning on the hoverboard and Gordon grabbed the grabbed the ball with one hand cupped it and did a did a whiny, and did a 360 all in one motion that that's just incredible and even the dunk that technically lost Gordon the slam dunk contest was one of the hardest dunks you'll probably ever see the, the it's called the the double double I think is what it's being called uh, on the streets these days where Gordon put the ball behind his head then below his below his waist and then back up for a reverse jam and it felt like he was still going up I mean Aaron Gordon's athleticism is just insane. This kid's been winning dunk contests 
since he was in high school. He won the McDonald's All-America Dunk Contest. Actually, the dunk that he did, that first dunk, was the dunk he won the the, high, the McDonald's All-America Dunk Contest as a high school senior. Shows you how far he's come in his dunking prowess. Uh, obviously, Levine's not there. It's a little disappointing not to see Gordon and Levine go mano a mano. But Gordon is the clear betting favor to win the dunk contest this year. And barring his, you know, a lack of originality or just a bad day where he can't get dunks on his first try, there is no reason to think that he cannot come home and become the second Magic player to win the dunk contest. Of course, Dwight Howard being the other. Um, I think Gordon's got some big things in store. I mean, he's been very coy, uh, been very cautious about revealing what he what he's going to do. Uh, my understanding, and I don't think this is publicly reported anywhere, my understanding is he's been practicing for a lot longer than he's been uh, in the contest or he's let on. I mean, he said he's kind of played it coy that, you know, I've, you know, I didn't, didn't even know if I was going to do it for, for a week. My understanding is he's been working, working on some stuff and trying to practice and, and, and visualize the dunks that he's going to do for, for some time. So I imagine he's got something big planned for this dunk contest and for uh, Saturday night. The competition will not be easy. Uh, I will I will grant that. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, great athlete. I'm, I'm interested to see what DeAndre Jordan does. It's always interesting to see what a a big man will do in this dunk contest. Uh, you know, we saw what Dwight Howard did, and, and what Dwight Howard did was incredible in itself. A lot of people didn't think a big was capable of doing that. Uh, doing some of the things that he did. And so that's going to be a new element to bring to the game. Uh, you know, each dunker has his own style. Like Aaron Gordon is kind of grace, grace and athleticism. Uh, Zach Levine was, was distance jumping. I mean, Levine does a lot of, I mean, Levine, essentially his last two dunks last year were him doing tricks while jumping from the free throw line. Gordon has athleticism and power. Um, you know, he does kind of flips and, tw- he does flips and turns. Uh, Levine did the distance from the free throw line. DeAndre Jordan's going to be power and, and, and height, and it's going to be interesting to see what tricks he pulls uh, to to get to get there. Glenn Robinson the third, I, you know, God love Glenn Robinson the third. Uh, I, I think he's probably going to be finishing in last in the dunk contest. He's a great athlete. Don't get me wrong, a very good, very good dunker. Uh, but I, I think he, unless he got he's got something really original, he's going to have to outleap Aaron Gordon, and that's not going to happen. The guy to watch out for in this dunk contest, though, is Derrick Jones Jr. You're probably wondering, who the heck is Derrick Jones Jr.? And you're, that question is completely valid and completely fair because Derrick Jones Jr. does not play very much for the Phoenix Suns. Um, he's played a little, he's mostly played in the D League this year. He, I, I don't think he even has an in game dunk yet, but this kid can fly. Watch him on YouTube. They, I mean, they call his nicknames the airplane for for a reason. You take flight with him. Uh, this guy can flat out jump, and if there's a threat to Aaron Gordon bringing home a championship, it's Derrick Jones Jr. I'll I'll go on record and say I think it's gonna be Gordon versus Jones Jr. in the finals. I do think Gordon's gonna win. I do think Gordon has something up his sleeve. Um, hopefully, the foot injury from the last from last week doesn't slow Gordon down or slow his preparations down. Um, as far as practicing, because last year, last year I think was so amazing because we've had so many dunk contests of late, where a lot they just miss a lot of dunks before they finally get it, and the awe factor is gone. I think Gordon and Levine missed like two or three dunks between them. Um, they they brought it and they brought it on the first dunk, and it it just brought the it brought the moment up 
uh, in that dunk contest. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what Gordon does. Um, I, you know, obviously, he's the lone Magic representative at All-Star Weekend, so we're, we're cheering hard for him, uh, hoping that he delivers a slam dunk championship. The Magic need a win somewhere, uh, and certainly I, I don't think the Magic would be too upset if he won just to help sell tickets a little bit. But uh, Gordon is someone that's going to wow the crowd, and, and I think we're going to see him put on a big show in New Orleans on Saturday night. All-Star Saturday night starts at 8 p.m. You'll have the the skills challenge. Uh, the bigs taking on the the guards and that. I, 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 put, put your money on Nikola Jokic, uh, Joel Embiid's replacement. Nikola Jokic has been fantastic all season long. Really skilled, skilled player if you haven't watched him play. Then you have the three-point shootout. And then, of course, the slam dunk contest closing out the night. That'll probably be on at about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Uh, but 8 o'clock is when the show starts on TNT, so be sure to check that out as Aaron Gordon goes for the dunking crown. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Of course, there is already a slam dunk champion on the Magic's roster, and that would be Terrence Ross. Orlando, of course, acquiring Terrence Ross on Tuesday for Serge Ibaka, uh, also getting a first-round pick, but that's for later, not for now. Uh, and, And Ross is a dunker too. I mean, he's, I mean, he, he, he demurred. He certainly, he was asked Wednesday after the game, who's the better dunker? And Terrence Ross said, Aaron, you know, no doubt about it. You know, if Aaron competed in my dunk contest, I would not have won. It's, you know, I have the trophy, but he's, he's the better dunker. So no internal competition there between uh, Terrence Ross and Aaron Gordon. I'm sure once Gordon gets that trophy, those bragging rights will have faded away officially for sure too. But uh, Terrence Ross is a really, really interesting player. Uh, I mean, I think for most of us that have watched this team and, and, and had an idea of what the trade market might be, we all sensed that Ross was going to be the guy the Magic acquired in a trade. We all kind of sensed that if, if Toronto was really the landing spot for Serge Ibaka, and it seemed like he absolutely was going to be the land. That was absolutely going to be the landing spot if the Magic had to make a trade. Terrence Ross was the guy you get from Toronto. Salaries match. He's a promising young player. He's still 26 year old, six years old. He's on a reasonable contract, and he can produce. Um, it's 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 a little unfair to keep going back to this game, but he did score 51 points in the game. You, you can get his scoring 50 point you know card on on NBA 2K's my team right now, um, if you really want to. Um, he has that ability to go off and score a ton of points. Now, he doesn't do it every night. And that's part of the frustration with Toronto and, and why they brought him off the bench. Uh, his consistency w- hasn't always been there. But he's also never really been given a, a chance. And yes, the Magic players, you know, yes, there's this inconsistency within Ross. And yes, there's there's this, that, and the other thing. If you ask the Magic players... It really sounded like they're really excited to have a player like Ross in the fold. Obviously, the guy is a athlete, a freaking athlete, uh, and he's a terrific shooter. You know, uh, I think his career high is 51. So obviously, when when the guy gets hot, he gets really hot. So uh, 
So you know, a guy that you know been on the winning team for uh, for a few years now, has uh, you know experience, big games experience. So uh, exciting, man. Oh, he shoots the ball. He shoots, shoots the lights out very well. He's very athletic. Um, he's a good teammate. He passes the ball well. Uh, he's a smart basketball player. So those are the things that I see off of uh, um, just watching. Uh, I know that he uses uh, pin down screens very well uh, too. That was Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon talking about their new teammate, Terrence Ross, and you probably heard the same kind of themes develop there about Terrence Ross. He's a great athlete. Obviously, he won the dunk contest, and then he he puts in some of the best in-game dunks you'll see across the NBA. And he's a great shooter. He's someone that you have to account for shooting the ball, and that's something the Magic have desperately needed. I mean, if there's a reason to target this deal specifically, while the Magic will have to change a little bit how they play going smaller... The added benefit of another shooter is going to immensely help this team. I I really do believe that. I do think that Ross is going to help this team. So, can Ross be that player that that does that? Can he be that player who helps the team improve their shooting? This year, he's averaging 10.4 points per game, the second highest of his career. He's shooting a career-best 44.1% from the floor and 37.5% from beyond the arc. So, he is shooting fairly well. 37.6% career three-point shooter, taking 4.1%. Uh, not 4.1, sorry, 4.7 three-pointers per game. Largely for the uh, uh, for the Toronto Raptors, he was shooting mostly spot-up shots. That was kind of his role to be a catch-and-shoot guy, and he's had his struggles and, and been inconsistent there, which is why he's largely come off the bench for the last two years. Uh, he didn't maybe have the size defensively that the Raptors were looking for, uh, and they obviously went out and got Damari Carroll uh, to play the three. He's, again, kind of like Evan Fournier, a bit of a tweener. He can play both the two and the three. He's probably better at the two, but may have some defensive problems there as well. But, and this is the big but here, Ross is having a career year in many ways. He's averaging 16.7 points per 36 minutes, his highest of his career. Obviously, the field goal percentage is up, so he's shooting it more efficiently than he's ever has. And he's got a career best for what this number is worth. Career best 14.9 PER. Overall, 1.2 offensive box plus minus. He's contributing a lot on the offensive end. Defensively, he probably still needs a little bit of work. But overall, he's contributing uh, in, in a positive way. He's got the, according to basketballreference.com, he's got the best box plus minus of his career. The first time he's had a positive box plus minus. Point one, it's modest, but it is a positive box plus minus, and he is, he is adding more this year than he's taking out. When the Magic were probably focusing on deals and when the Magic were targeting where they wanted to go, they likely thought about where... They they likely thought about finding young players who could be ready to take on a bigger role. Terrence Ross might be that player. And coming to a situation like Orlando is an opportunity to see if he can be that player. I mean, it's a, it's a good opportunity, and uh, it's, a, it's a new, fresh start for me, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, and, uh, you know, embracing my role, whatever it is, and just really being, you know, excited to play, so. So, obviously, this is a big opportunity for a young guy like Terrence Ross. He's only 26 years old. He's been in the league for about five years. Uh, it's a big opportunity for him to take that step forward, to have that opportunity. He's played most of his career with and behind DeMar DeRozan. He's had, you know, he's had those struggles uh, playing again, you know, finding his way into the rotation and finding consistency. And so maybe, maybe, just maybe, 
giving him a few more touches, giving him a few more looks, featuring him a little bit more in the offense, and much the same way that 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 the Magic might we're trying to do with Serge Ibaka. Maybe doing all of that will help Terrence Ross take a step up. At the very least, the Magic get a good shooter. And Ross is a streaky but good shooter. Um, he's a player that defenses have to respect. Uh, I, I don't anticipate the Magic will run him on pick and rolls or rely on him as a playmaker. They're going to try and get him out in transition where he can use his athleticism. Hopefully he'll be able to defend and, and, and keep guys in front of him and, and, and be part of the defensive system, whatever that's going to look like. Uh, and then, of course, he just has to make open shots. We saw how good this Magic team was when, jo- when Jody Meeks was healthy. This team, When Jody Meeks was healthy, that could be that, that team was a much better, much more efficient offensive team. Terrence Ross adds to that. Now the Magic have a few more shooters. Fournier, Ross, Meeks. Those are three good shooters. Uh, and that can get the team going offensively a little bit. And hopefully that'll help the de- defense get set up and, and then the defense can, can keep going as well. Um, there's a lot of possibility with Terrence Ross. And, and I think that we'll, we will see Ross's numbers, if, if his minutes increase, we will see Ross's numbers creep up. You know, maybe he can average 14, 15 points per game the rest of the season. I think that would be fantastic. If he shoots 37, 38% from beyond the arc, that would be fantastic for this team. Uh, and so we'll see exactly what Terrence Ross can do. But there's a huge opportunity here for Ross, and it feels like the Magic are going to give him every chance to make the most of it. Of course, we don't know exactly how he fits in until we see him on the court Thursday against the Portland Trailblazers. we got to get through the All-Star break first. To close out the show and the week today, uh, I did join our good pals at Tuck and O'Neal. Uh, I want to thank Eric Lopez as well as Tuck and O'Neal for having me on on, th- on Thursday, um, talking about the, the Serge Ibaka trade as well as uh, the Magic's future and what comes next for the team. Be sure to check out Tuck and O'Neill that airs on Sports Talk Florida, 1080 a.m. in Orlando from 3 to 6 p.m. You can also listen to that on sportstalkflorida.com. The San Antonio Spurs with a dominant performance this evening, wrapping up this leg of the rodeo road trip in impressive fashion as they improve their record to 4-2 and on the road trip. The Spurs now on the road 24-7 and as tonight they blow out the Orlando Magic. The final score from Amway Center in Orlando. San Antonio 107, Orlando 79. I guess uh, Serge got, got cleared a few minutes after uh, you know the cutoff for us to have Terrence available tonight. You know, it would have been great to get him out there, you know, and just let him let him play with with some unfamiliarity and just have the, you know have everybody play the game of basketball. But you know, it didn't happen. Can't, can't get caught up on it. It's a good opportunity, and uh, it's a it's a new fresh start for me, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, you know, embracing my role, whatever it is, and just really being you know excited to play. So we charge the batteries, you know, enjoy the break, and you know, we got a lot of work to do, and uh, we got, I think we got 24 games left. And we're going to try to keep keep improving and you know play through our uh, a shift in, in kind of our identity and trying to play smaller and you know all the things that come along with that like doubling the post and uh, and try to improve and win as many games as we can. Elo, our executive producer with creativity at its best, get the Triple H theme underneath of which I've suggested the Magic begin their own triple letter campaign. T's, Triple T, time to tank. Last night, job well done, lads, in that uh, beatdown handed you by San Antonio as the Magic head of the break. We heard Frank Vogel, coach of the Magic, Terrence Ross, 
who did not get an opportunity for some run last night would have been his first game uh, because of the stipulation that the NBA didn't have all their uh, the paperwork in or physical uh, status of both the athletes, uh, Serge Ibaka for now Toronto, Terrence Ross here. So he'll play a week from tonight, expected to anyway, uh, when the Magic get back to work after this lengthy All-Star break. Let's talk more about what has been going on and what might happen between now and next Thursday, which is trading deadline in the NBA. We're talking O'Neal live at Lafayette's on the front porch at uh, Point Orlando, and we welcome our friend Philip Rossman Reich, who covers the Magic at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. So you got an opportunity to talk to Terrence Ross last night, right, Philip? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I was, I was in that interview that, that you played a little bit of uh, on the intro there. What were your initial impressions? Uh, he seemed pretty excited to be here. I mean, I think uh, even though he's going to a team that's obviously not competing for a playoff spot, it, it's definitely a big opportunity for him. Uh, he's been largely coming off the bench in Toronto. He's pretty well known as, as a shooter and and as an athlete, and I think uh, kind of kind of like the same situation when the Magic brought in Serge Ibaka, this is an opportunity maybe to have a more expanded role. You know, I, I anticipate that Terrence Ross is going to find his way into the starting lineup as, as either the small forward or shooting guard, depending on the matchups. And, and I imagine that he's going to be a player that the Magic are going to be relying on for some for some offense and for some spacing, which is something they desperately need. So he, he, he clearly feels wanted and clearly sees an opportunity here to, to kind of expand his game a little bit. Philip, you may note on uh, OrlandoMagicDaily.com that Abaka's arrival got the Magic to a spot where they were one of the better defenses in the league for a little while, and then that completely fell apart. Why do you think it fell apart? You know, I think that's going to be one of the biggest mysteries this season because it just kind of happened overnight. I mean, literally, the Magic uh, went to Detroit uh, on that five-game road trip. Or they went 4-1 on that road trip. They went to Detroit played a really good defensive game. I think they held the Pistons to like 80, 89 points, won it kind of like 80, 98, 89, something like that. Won that game fairly easily, and there was no reason to think that that, that defense wasn't going to continue. Then they head to Washington, give up 50 points to John Wall, but they score 120, and, and it didn't really matter. It's like, oh, that's just a flip in the radar. And then from there, the Magic just could not get themselves all on the same page. And I think uh, the, the team has... You know, there's been some issues maybe with so many new players coming in. They haven't always been on the same page. Uh, they just haven't been able to, to get things to click back. We're never able to get things to click back into place. You could never sense that they were on the same page, that they were talking or communicating the way that Frank Vogel's defense requires with all the switching and it has to do. And, and for whatever reason, it, it, it doesn't feel like it's anything schematic. It's just execution. They couldn't execute at that high level anymore. We'll expand to the macro, but for now, the micro and the trade that they did make, focus in on that, where they get Ross and a first-rounder back for Ibaka. How do you think they fared in that deal? You know, considering that Serge Ibaka is about to become an unrestricted free agent and it's probably only going to re-sign with a team that's competing for a playoff spot, um, I think the Magic did about as well as they could. Um, it's clear that the, gam- the gamble they made in bringing in Ibaka to try and make the playoffs didn't work. And the way to kind of get yourself out of that is to try and restock the cupboard a little bit. Bring in a young player that then maybe can get into a bigger role and, and expand his game a little bit that's on a reasonable contract and get a first-round pick out of the deal. And so the Magic, I think, did that and did that pretty well. They went out and got Terrence Ross, who's a promising young player, You know, maybe hasn't been able to shine as much in Toronto with some of the other players they have on that roster. 
and they got a first-round pick that's probably going to be in, in the late 20s, but you can still get some valuable players, especially in this year's draft that, that seems to be so deep. And so considering the situation with Ibaka becoming a free agent this summer, I think the Magic did about as good as they could do. And then, uh, honestly, this was kind of the deal that, I, that, I was, that, I was, that I've been targeting for a few weeks now. Philip Rossman Reich is our guest. He writes at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The Magic now don't play a game until next Thursday. The trading deadline will have passed by the time they take the court. Uh, what is it that you're hearing and what do you anticipate? Will the Magic be involved? Will other players sitting on this roster not be a part of it a week down the road? Yeah, I, I think the Magic are going to continue to listen and, and any negotiations or discussions that they were having concurrent to to the Serge Ibaka deal um, will continue. Uh, I think I think the Magic kind of recognized that priority number one was making sure they recoup some value from Serge Ibaka. Uh, they, ha- they had to make that deal because in all likelihood he wasn't going to resign and you can't kind of be left holding the bag and lose him and, and get nothing in return. Uh, so I think now that that's out of the way, I think the Magic can you know, maybe get a little bit more serious about exploring the trade, trade market for some of their other big players. I, I don't believe... The Magic will be able to find a deal that they like for Nikola Vucevic or for Alfred Payton or for any of the other players that they might be looking to deal that, that are on longer-term deals. Um, there, there isn't necessarily the pressure to make that deal. I don't think the Magic feel like they have to trade some of these players just to trade them. If a good deal comes along, whether it be in the last day, the last hour, you know, whenever, if a good deal comes along that they really like, I think they'll, they'll definitely pull the trigger on it. But I think for, for some of those bigger-name players on, bigger, on, on longer contracts, they're going to survey the market and kind of reassess and continue to continually reassess things. And if it doesn't happen until the draft, it doesn't happen until the draft. I would expect the Magic to maybe try and step up some efforts to see if they can get anything for Jeff Green. He's on a one-year, $15 million contract. I don't think they're necessarily afraid to eat that contract and just let him walk in free agency this summer. Uh, but I think that if they can find something of value to get in return for him, even if it means maybe taking on a bad salary, if they can get something of value, I think they'll explore that. And it wouldn't surprise me as well to see the Magic try and shop C.J. Watson around. He's got, one year, he's got one year left on his deal for next year, but it's partially non-guaranteed. Uh, so he becomes a really valuable trade ship for a team that's looking for some veteran point guard help off the bench. Very good. Uh, I admit, as a child, my parents went out and bought one of these 500-piece puzzle sets. I don't have <laughs> a lot of patience for that. If you put this one together over the last five years, that is the Orlando Magic, I think I'd take the box back to the store and say <laughs> the pieces don't fit, or I put it all together and there's still a bunch of pieces missing. Uh, what do you? How do you look at the five-year Rob Hennigan uh, resume? It's, it's it's funny you use the puzzle analogy because I've used the puzzle analogy too on, at times. It feels like the, the team had had these puzzle pieces and they were you know beginning to put it together so they you know started kind of on the edges and put one edge on this side you know on, on one side of the table put another edge on the other side of the table and put another you know edge or another piece that they found a lot of pieces that they thought fit together somewhere else on the table and then they tried to put it together and found out that a lot of the puzzle pieces were missing or the puzzle was a lot bigger or, than, than they thought it was uh, they, they the problem with the magic from the last five years is you know, I think Rob Hennigan has a good eye for talent. I think he, he understands how to find good players or good players with potential. What I think he really struggled with in these last five years is finding ways to get that the first talent to fit together well, whether it was finding the right coach to kind of be the glue to, to hold the team together or even just finding players that complement each other well. Having a starting line, I mean, he might have really liked Alfred Payton, but 
having a potential backcourt with Alfred Payton, Victor Oladipo, and then adding Aaron Gordon in to be a three or four, depending on the day, uh, those are three players that, that really struggle to shoot the ball. And it's going to be, and even adding in Tobias Harris, another player who isn't the best three-point shooter in the world either. In today's NBA, having players in the backcourt who are really not good at shooting is a big problem with the way teams spread the floor and the way teams defend today. I mean, teams are kind of built to wall off the paint a little bit more than ever now, too. And that's why I think a lot of offenses have gravitated to three-point shooting to try and try and loosen loosen that, that defensive strategy up. Uh, the Magic just kind of built backwards that way, and, and, and they found some nice players. Tobias Harris was a nice player. Victor Oladipo was a nice player. Alfred Payton has his moments. Um, but they were never able to kind of galvanize it into a, a team that really fit together cohesively. Whether or not they, they could find a star or not, the pieces that they had collected just didn't fit. And, and eventually, when it became time to start winning, it was very clear that that was, that was the case. At some point, you have to pay young players. They reach that, uh, that threshold where their contracts grow and expand, and that's what happened with Tobias Harris. That's what happened with Evan Fournier. That's what just happened with Victor Oladipo getting paid uh, through an extension when he arrived in Oklahoma City. Uh, in regards to the two that left, and the Magic made the choice to, to move both those guys off the roster in Tobias Harris and Victor Oladipo, uh, are they each worth respectively what they're getting? Was that a, an error in judgment by the Magic, or did they make the right decision not to invest in those guys for major dollars long term? You know, I think I think the Magic largely made the right deci- right decisions individually with those players. Um, I think Tobias Harris um, has proven that that he's you know worth the contract that he gets that he's gotten. Um, you know, I think he's played pretty well in De- in Detroit. I mean, he's you know maybe on the verge of being slightly overpaid, but um, you know especially in in this current salary cap market, Tobias Harris feels like a bargain uh, with what the Magic ended up ended up paying him. I mean, they paid him under the old salary cap before the big spike last summer. And if there were any problems with what the Magic did, and I think also the decision not to pay Victor Oladipo was probably a good one in the long run, too, because the Magic were waiting for Victor Oladipo to kind of take that star turn and become their star, and he sort of stagnated, and, and he, he struggled with, with what Scott Skiles was asking him to do sometimes. Uh, and the Magic kind of came to a decision like, we're not paying him the max. That's what he's going to want from us. Let's see if we can recoup some va- we can get some value for him. And, and you know, maybe, as, as Hennigan said at a press conference on on Tuesday when he talked about the, the Serge Ibaka deal that, that he just did, um, sometimes you got to swing for the fences and, and then take a shot and see, see what happens. Um, I, I do think where Rob Hennigan really struggled, though, is not necessarily making the decision to, to pay these players or not pay these players. The, it was the decision of moving these players to bring in other assets and bring in other players to, to help the team. Tobias Harris was essentially sold for cap space. Um, that decision clear, you know, clearly hasn't worked out this year as the Magic kind of used that cap space on Bismarck Nambo, uh, who's been a bit of a disappointment this year. Uh, and, you know, trading Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka, I think it was the appropriate risk, but you can certainly make an argument that had the Magic waited or had the Magic tried to value Oladipo a little bit more or even waited until this deadline, they might have been able to get a little bit more for him. You could say the same thing for Tobias Harris, especially with the way the cap was spiking. If the Magic had waited until the draft to trade Tobias Harris, there was definitely the possibility that they could have gotten more because Harris was, would be a sort of would-be free agent that's on a much more affordable deal than what you'd have to pay in, in the current free agency landscape. Should Rob Hennigan continue on as Magic GM? You know, I think that 
he should get the rest of the year. Um, I, I don't think firing a general manager in the middle of the season is, is the right move. Ownership's going to have um, a say in what, what major deals happen in any case. So I don't think he, uh, if, if there are fans that are worried, you know, don't give him that. Don't give him the job. Don't let him stay in the job. He's going to try and make a move to save his job. I don't think that's the case. I do think, however, that with how much the Magic struggled over the last five years, this is the longest stretch that the Magic have missed the playoffs. Uh, in their franchise history, and especially with the way this year's team was built specifically. Um, if the Magic had found a way to get to 36, 37, 38 wins, you can make an argument that, okay, the, the team struggled, but they still improved from 35 to whatever win. They're still making some progress. You can still point to something. But the way this team was built specifically, the way this team was marketed specifically, Frank Vogel went out on the uh, open practice at the beginning of the season and said, we are going to make the playoffs. It was, you know, there, there was no denying what this team was trying to do and, and what this team expected from, from this group. They've fallen well short of that, and it feels like they're not even going to hit the 35 wins they got last year. That's going backwards uh, in a major way. And no matter what motivated the team to make all the changes they made, Rob Hennigan is still responsible for this roster and still responsible in, in some way for the regression that this team has taken. And I think with how long these fans have suffered uh, in Orlando and it's not something they're used to, it's going to be very tough to save face and, and keep Rob Hennigan as your general manager. Philip, we'll leave it at that. We'll look forward to reading your work. Others who contribute at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, thank you for your insights today with us, okay? I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on as always. And again, a thank you to Tuck and O'Neill for having me on their show and letting me uh, air the segment for you there. You can listen to Tuck and O'Neill weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 1080 a.m. in Orlando, 92.1 FM in Gainesville, and 100.1 FM in Ocala, and also streaming on sportstalkflorida.com. Be sure to check them out on your drive home from work. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, we'll be back on Monday with a complete recap of All-Star Weekend, including Aaron Gordon in the Slam Dunk Contest and hopefully some other goodies as well as we turn the corner toward the end of the season, toward the trade deadline most urgently, and toward uh, what should be an interesting final 25-24 games for the Orlando Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. Have a great weekend. We will see you all again Monday for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.